Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 415. It's WrestleMania Night 2, and we are live. And I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side, for every WWE Premium Live event, it is indeed Jaxie. How you doing? Hello, hello. Happy WrestleMania Night 2, everyone. I got a lot of emails, and again, not taking a shot at Monty here, but people asking, where were you yesterday? Uh, because oh. I guess, you know, I'm not going to... Don't gonna... miss my loud mouth, right? <laughs> I think it was maybe they were a bit tired. You know, I, I don't know what it was, but I woke up to a few of them today. Um, but you are you are oh. here here tonight, obviously. Uh, what were your thoughts on I night? Have... Obviously, we're going to do a full review uh, midweek, but what were your quick thoughts for what happened? I mean, it was it was quite a night. It was uh, filled with some really great matches and I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Like, And I'm so pleased. There's so many WWE events uh, that I've watched and all this kind of stuff where it's just let you down. And I, I really do believe... Apart from the first two matches, this mania was really, really, really good. Uh, but, of course, we've got a lot to talk about tonight as well. Uh, and, of course, joining Jaxie up next, she would follow Ricky Starks to the moon and back. It is, of course, genius Gina. Uh, how are you, Gina? And did you enjoy last night? Don't ask me why I would follow the Ricky Starks to the moon and back, but I just will. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was such a good first night, um, better than I actually expected. So I, I will admit I was a bit negative going into it and it really did surprise me. So it was a good night and it was fun. And then uh, lastly, or finally, it is the supposed NXT expert and I hate to say it, but no longer prediction king. I mean, did you actually get anything right yesterday, Monty? I mean, you would pick Russia over Ukraine. I do when it came to choices. Uh, it is Monty. How's it going? Keep my name out your mouth, James. Keep my fucking name out your mouth right now. That's how I feel about this. <laughs> Like, come on. Like, that's how you intro me? Like, if after all I do, all I provide, I get lumped in. But that, come on, man. One off night. One off night. You lucky. Like, I could have went full Will Smith if we were physical. You lucky this is virtual right now. You lucky. Well, I mean, like I said, this is probably the greatest moment in podcast history uh, right now. And I, I didn't mean to touch a nerve uh, if, if I did indeed uh, do that. But again, uh, like we talk about, we, we'll move on quickly with that. Uh, night one, I've got a full review and we work out kind of what um, days we've got leading up to that. Uh, but up first, we're going to look at the New Japan Cup Um if that's the right, Monty, of course. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s journey. Sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. Um, do, do you want to just explain the New Japan Cup for anybody that might not know? Yeah, um, it's 
Uh, one of the most fun times of the year for New Japan fans. It's kind of in the same vein as the uh, big round robin tournament, the G1 that they do usually in the summer. But it's uh, in this case, it's a single elimination. And this year, since it's the 50th anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, they decided to put, I think, 48 people in total. And I think it ended up being like 46 because of uh, two injuries. But, uh, yeah. So the biggest New Japan Cup ever, you know, uh, and it's it's a big deal. Usually the winner gets a title shot. Usually of their choosing. This year would have been of their choosing because they had junior heavyweights in this one. They had heavyweights. They had young lines. So uh, this year would have been that. But usually it's like a world championship. You get a title shot at the next big show, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun time. You get to see the best of even like it can be tag teams and you get to see people who usually don't fight in one-on-one situations. You get to see what they can do in one-on-one situations and who, uh, who's the best in the company. And since this incorporated most of the entire roster, not including some of the guys who are not allowed some of the, uh, you know, foreigners who are not allowed in Japan right now. Uh, this was like the biggest new Japan cup in history. Well, let's just say, and the winner would get a total opportunity. And the guy that I try to follow because with the New Japan Cup, there's so... I mean, it's like three or four hours of content uh, with kind of a couple of matches chucked on. It's just too much. So I instead focus on Zack Sabre Jr. Everybody who doesn't know, he's probably the best technical wrestler in the world. I mean, the comparison, if it were... Be you said based, probably. Well, it's what I'm saying, but like, you know, people that might never <laughs> seen him might be a quite a, you know, but like... Yeah. There's not a really style like him. He can't really... He's got a bit of kind of British... Uh, technical, the strong style side that he has, obviously working in Japan as well. Like mm-hmm. Brian Danielson would maybe work, but again, Zack Sabre Jr. is just is is different. And I was lucky enough to see him a few years back, just in a kind of you know in front of two hundred people. Uh, and at that point, it was a guy that when you see him, you kind of want to keep an eye on him. Um, so I'm going to butcher some Japanese names right now as we get through it. Um, in the first round, <laughs> he submitted. I want to say. Oiwa, is it? Oiwa, yeah, young lad. Yeah, Oiwa. Oiwa. Oiwa, Oiwa. There you go. Um, Oiwa, yeah, there you go. Second round submission (laughs) on Doki. Yeah, Doki. Yeah, this is stable, mate. Uh, The junior heavyweight champion's uh, little brother, in fact, uh, Doki. He's a super junior. So, once again, like I said, incorporating the junior heavyweight wrestlers into the cup also. Uh, so, yeah, this, this is a fun match. You know, they have a personal uh, friendship going there. And Zach and him, before the match, was kind of doing a little gamesmanship. And Doki had a lot to prove there. And I thought, you know, he did a really good job in that match against and, someone like Zach. And then the third round, another submission on Great O'Khan. Yeah. Now, if anybody's heard, never heard about Great O'Khan... Uh, <laughs> He's awesome. He is, and there was a story, and according to combined accounts of the Nakahara police station in Kangawa Prefecture and related parties, there was an incident that took place at 8.50pm on March 29th, uh, when a man in the restroom, he saw a girl was grabbed by both shoulders by an intoxicated man and almost taken away. The girl was resisting, and the uh, the man was told, please help me. Uh, he soon realised what was happening. He single-handedly subdued the man who had caused the nuisance <laughs> and succeeded in saving the girl's mother from a critical situation. 
Uh, before Corporate yeah. opened the priest's interview, the man asked the girl if you were okay. He said, I know you're scared. Have pancakes. You want some? He allowed the fears by calling out to them, I'm not afraid of you. And when the girl's mother asked what his name was, he told her, my name is Great O'Khan of New Pathway Wrestling. And you can watch me wrestle if you like. I mean, what a great story. (laughs) Yes, he's a hero. O'Khan is a hero. That was so impressive. I mean, I thought you were actually just telling like a a fairy tale. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was interesting to hear. Yeah, well, yeah, he got uh, a medal. He got a medal. <laughs> well, so he should. Yeah, <laughs> well deserved. Exactly. That's what Japanese wrestlers do. You know, if it was a uh, American wrestler, would he be posting their bits on whatever you know TikTok <laughs> they've got? And this New Japan guys there. Uh, and then we had the quarterfinals of New Japan Cup, and this is what really piqued my interest uh, because, of course, it was Zack Sabre Jr versus Will Ospreay, but it did end in mm-hmm. controversial circumstances, though, as it looked like <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. applied the Coquina clutch in the final moments, and Ospreay appeared to tap out uh, with Red Shoes, the referee, immediately calling for Bell, but the Commonwealth Kingpin since claimed he was striking his opponent's leg <laughs> and not tapping out. Now, first and foremost, uh-huh. I did watch it, and um, it's like the two were in the same fluid motion, these guys have faced each other countless times in Britain and Japan, and it was perfect. I've watched this. The arm went limp. It was a tap out. But it is a great <laughs> yes. hill move, though. I agree. I love Osprey and his new climate of just being so egotistical that he will not accept anything. Like, he just, like, he is the man, and uh, he won't accept that loss. He's still calling out Zach, even well after they ruled it official. And uh, he said, what kind of man is Zach to, to just advance on and accept that victory when he know I didn't tap? But if you, like you said, you look at it, he went limp. And also, look at the situation he was in. His leg was about to be <laughs> obliterated in that particular way he was in that choke. Like, he had his leg caught behind him also. And that would have been nasty. And like I, I, like I said, it was definitely a tap out, but it was it's a brilliant way to uh you know just continue to be the heel that he is right now by claiming that he did not tell but he definitely tell <laughs> and the thing is as well Zach Sabre Jr kind of more known for well for what he's been the past couple of years as a tag wrestler more like a junior heavyweight or a cruiserweight mm-hmm. and here he's beaten a former uh world champion you know Osprey was champion last year and main event in each event as well. Of course, these guys are both British and makes you proud. And talk about facing former world champions. He faced Shingo Takaki um, <laughs> on the semi-final March 26th. And this was a banging match. It was nothing fancy, but it was just for wrestling. Zack Sabre Jr. is like an octopus. Uh, and managing yes. to get the uh, rear naked choke. And another submission victory. Uh, so it, it was a big victory for him, you know. Yes, every time him and Shingo fight, uh, it's always fun. Like you said, with Shingo's high impact, the speed, the power that he has, and then you have Zach being as smart as he is, just a genius. They make a great point about Zach. Since he can finish you with any submission that he comes up with almost on the fly, you don't know how to prepare for him. Sometimes he's going to take your leg. Sometimes he's going to try to take your arm. Sometimes he's going to choke you out, like in this case with Shingo. You know, it was a he actually beat him in a completely different way in last year's G1. So it just shows you how versatile Zach is. He can do anything. 
He can just do anything in the ring. He's a genius submission master. And, yeah, him and Shingo has fantastic chemistry. And one day Shingo may get his payback, but like you said, Zach is on another level right now. He's on a roll at this point. The thing is as well, the company that he's keeping, you know, he's got to the final, beating a couple of world champions. But in the other semifinal, it's Tetsuya Naito defeating Okada, which yeah. is the equivalent of, I don't know, like a John Cena, Randy Orton type match, you know. And, and these guys mm-hmm. are kind of the biggest stars that New Japan got off. And Zack Sabre Jr. is not only rubbing shoulders with him, but obviously going into the final, he defeated Tetsuya Naito. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was expecting... Uh, you know, you talk about submissions all throughout, different types of submissions and what's that Sabre Jr. can do. <laughs> and then he won yeah. with the Zack drive. Zach drive. Cut the whip with a pin, which again shows you different la- uh, layers of it. And I loved at the end, Zack Sabre Jr., not even speaking, speaking Japanese, which again is a great sign of respect. And of course, yeah. um, about Naito as well. And he mentioned the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, am I a dreamer, Monty, or is there a chance Zack Sabre Jr.? could be champion one day there is a chance there's a hundred percent a chance and i'm i'm with you right now i really hope they pull the trigger right now and just let this next uh fight with okada i think he should cash in this time he's won the new japan cup before that's the thing about zach like you said he's been on a tag team these last few years but in 2018 he he, he put his he showed everyone in japan what he can do by winning the new, new japan cup back then he just could not cash it in by becoming the world champion. So I think this is the time for him. He's on a roll. He's ingratiating himself in the culture, like you said, in Japan. You know, they the fans really seem to appreciate him, you know. Uh, and it's an overarching story. He's a different Zach. That Zach in 2018, when he lost, would have temper tantrums, would break everything, just be a mess. Now he's respectful. He, he knows he's one of the best in the world, continues to brag that he is the best technical wrestler in the world. And I think this is a perfect time right here against Okada for him to take the claim of being the best wrestler in the world. Just even if it doesn't last, like I said, Okada is Okada. He will always have another shot at getting the title back or whatever, you know, the G1, whatever it is. You know, I think Okada is always going to be a great champion. And you're right. It's really tough to ever bet against that. Like that's how a dominant Okada is. It's tough to bet against. But I think they will benefit in pulling the trigger because why not? Because I think Zach Zabel Jr. is one of the best. Like he should be up there with Osprey as as the face of New Japan, uh, in my opinion, as faces of New Japan going forward. Because you know they are uh, a big reason why I keep watching. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think this is the thing as well. And I'm sorry, Jackson Jr., if it's boring you a little bit, but like I said, we, the um, the emails about what's going on in Japan, and obviously. You know, to try and watch that amount, a monthly of credit to you to be able to fit it in with everything else. But again, even if you're just trying to get into the product, do something that I do. Whereas I pick a wrestler, especially if it's a tournament. Tournaments are brilliant, and you just kind of follow him yeah. through, watch your matches, and you'll see so so many different things. Don't get me wrong. Now, because of even talking about it on the pod, I get a bit of news, so I kind of know what's going on in Japan, but maybe just watching events. Like, when as soon as you see Will Ospreay's That's Sabre Jr., I'm going to watch it. There's no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. it is, like I said, really, really good stuff. And we had to touch on that on WrestleMania weekend and stick it in Japan at the moment. And um, a return of Kari Sane returning to Stars on March 26th, team with Mayu Iwatani, apologies, to defeat the Cosmic Angels... Um, this was the first contest 
in nearly two years for Kari Sane. Uh, unfortunately, she did suffer uh, an injury in this match, but it looks like she's going to be back to full fitness sooner or later. But it is great to see Kari Sane back. I mean, Jaxie, were you a fan, especially teaming up with Oscar in WWE? It's good that's back now, even if it is outside the WWE banner. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, even when your favorite wrestlers leave the company, you don't want to hear that they don't um, continue pursuing uh, that career, especially for someone as young as Kyrie Sane still is. She's she's still got a lot to offer, and it's nice to see that she's back in action. It doesn't need to actually be part of WWE. However, I do want to reach out and just say I hope she gets uh, better real quick. Um, it's a, a bit of a shame to kind of return and then get injured real quick so hopefully it's a speedy recovery yeah without doubt uh we move on now and it's no surprise the talent getting a phone call and being told that due to cuts uh they would not continue with the company but it's not WWE we're talking about it's AEW we're going to touch on this it's going to piss a lot of people off but Marco Stunt is out of AEW he said he did get a phone call saying budget cuts uh, now, before I go overboard, Gina, is this the end of the world as we know it? And is AEW going to release a plethora of... I mean, I hope not, but we could see that happen. Um, it wouldn't be surprising because of the amount of hires that they've done over the past year. But, um, yeah, it's really sad to see because I really enjoyed Marcos done seeing him on um, AEW Dark. He always was entertaining to watch in every segment that he was involved with. So I hope like he finds something to go on to next for his next chapter. But um, yeah, it's a shame to see him go, for sure. I'm it... just hoping that some of the other AEW wrestlers are, are safe. Well, I was about to say, is it an upgrade to get Christian instead of Marco Stunt? I know people say, well, of course it is. But they're basically playing the same role at this moment in time. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, yeah. He can be more involved, Christian, I guess, because he has more more of his history to be able to incorporate more storylines. Um, but it's a shame because obviously with AEW, we all saw it as a way for uh, for new new stars wanting to come in and be brought up and put up on, on the ladder, which is what's happening for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, you know. So it's just sad to see, you know, Marco Stunt go from especially that group. Well, also after the news of Joey Janela, well, apparently being ghosted uh, when the contract came up. But again, it's going to be how people deal with it because at this moment in time, you know, AEW release of wrestlers is kind of acceptable and it might come to a moment where, you know, they have put a lot of talent on. So we are expecting a lot of people to leave as well. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see what happens. But again, weekend. I mean, my head nearly exploded yesterday on Twitter. The amount of wrestling that was going on. We had Impact with the of matches, which might be the best title of all weekend. Uh, And then, of course, we had Supercard of Honor as well. And again, people might think I'm jumping on AEW. But if you look at the win-loss of people who won, it was all AEW talent. Now, a lot of people have said if it was Vincent Mann doing that, there'd be, you know, people arguing. But at this moment in time, the biggest news coming out of it, apart from FTR, called speaking the Briscoe brothers, was the return of Samoa Joe. And I don't know if any pictures of Tony Khan marking out for Joe as well, uh, showing up at the end of Supercard of Honour as well. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Of course, it's great to have Joe back 
in Ring of Honor. But is this, again, just signing for signing's sake, or have they actually got a plan for Samoa Joe? Well, I don't know if they have a long-term plan for a lot of the, the some of the names that they sign. Uh, you know, things seem to things change, and it's like revolving. They have like a revolving door of of how they kind of do things right there. But I, I it's more Joe. I, it's definitely going to be useless for him. And when you have the, I kind of expected this when you have the Ring of Honor, uh, you know, name and all of that. Like, come on, you have they have the makings of a great. Like just like think of all the pieces that formerly are part of Ring One that's already in AW. So, you know, I, that, it just made sense. So I'm not really surprised. I'm happy for him. I, you know, because like I, I have no clue why WWE felt like it wasn't anything else he could offer there. So trust me, I already know that Joe will be a positive to AEW or to RH in whatever capacity they have because that's how much I respect and everyone everyone should respect and love Joe in that way. In my opinion. Uh, but as far as AEW and like how they are acquiring talent and all of that, you know, these some of these people are going to demand higher contracts, or like you know, and stuff is going to happen. Some people are not going to be on television as much, and all of that. And I don't know, like I said, if anyone they thought they think so far ahead that you know, ten months down the line, Samoa Joe will be here. I don't think that's how AEW do anything, or at least, at least if you look at the evidence of what's everything, how things have been going so far. Doesn't seem like they do it that way. Yeah, it'll be interesting times ahead. Uh, we'll leave AEW for now, uh, but we'll talk about some big news that happened as well uh, with Triple H uh, talking about he, how he will never win after experiencing some serious health issues. Now, of course, we all knew that he had some heart uh, problems or heart scares as it was last year, but I don't think we realised how bad it was, especially when he talks about coughing up bloods. Um, a lot of people have taken shots over Triple H throughout the year. And, of course, you know, burying talent back in the day. Uh, but no one likes to see it. But, again, it's weird. On the weekend of, like, the Undertaker being inducted in the Hall of Fame, someone like Triple H retiring as well. It is truly an end of an era. Jax, it's quite a broad uh, question. But, I mean, Triple H's legacy is incomparable, even if you factor, you know, the relationship with Stephanie. Just from talent side alone, he is your first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. Um, you have to agree with that. Uh, he's cemented his own legacy from everything that he produced in the ring. It wasn't just because of the influences he, he got, but those certainly helped probably elevate him to the level he is now. Um, it, it's really nice to know that he's doing okay and his health is getting better, but I think this was the best decision. Um, it really is an end of an era, um, but I think things ended on a on a good note for him. Um, so, you know, he can relax now and he can spend time with his family. Yeah, without that, I mean, such a legend. I mean, Gina, what would be one of your favourite memories of Triple H just off the top of your head? Would it be part of the authority or DX or, of course, the uh, Man Helmsy area, which is probably one of my favourite ones and truly made him a main event star? <laughs> there's so many different moments that can be named for Triple H I have to say my favourite memory though isn't a specific time of his but it was me and Jaxie's very first live WWE event we had just turned 18 so we didn't have our parents with us and we were sort of three rows back and Triple H was stood right in front of us doing his entrance and he pointed at us so for me mm -hmm. that's the biggest moment that will always stick with me 
So, you know, I, I just want to say, you know, my love goes out to Triple H, regardless as to what different stories come out here, there and everywhere. He still shaped a lot of my WWE childhood growing up. So, you know, a lot of respect for him. How many security guards did it take to stop you getting from him? Was it? Was it, was it? <laughs> uh, no, but we did get caught trying to go backstage after the show had ended and we just played the instant oh. and just said we were looking for the toilet and got lost. <laughs> one, of my, I, one of my greatest moments ever in life, and now I'm going to say in life here, was an NXT show in Brighton. We'd parked around the back, and all of a sudden, these two or three like coaches showed up, and it was all the NXT talent. And my God, I nearly got arrested. Because, you know what I mean? When, when you see them there, it's just, I don't care. I'm a mark. You know what I mean? I will try and grab you. You know, that's why McIntyre put the restraining order. There's a reason why people do it for it's, it's, it is what it is i suppose but um but oh, we'll for move... sure i don't know who we were trying to find we just tried to sidle and maybe capture a picture or two but yeah it didn't didn't get far sadly what if we've gone back you go look we've lost our tag team tonight we need to find a tag hang on a minute you two you go out there i mean that is the <laughs> dream Imagine that. I mean, we still would we still would have put on our professional hats and done it. <laughs> uh, Giving that out the best we got for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to move on because, of course, shit happens. And one of my favourite wrestlers at this moment in time is Jonah of Impact Wrestling. And this is just to lighten the move a little bit because Jonah's revealed he is literally once shit himself in the middle of a match. Uh, of course, he is being in oh, NXT. Uh, he said it was on an NXT live event against Duke Hudson, who, of course, they trained each other. They go back since they were 18. Uh, he double stomped me, and he's a 295-pound man at the time, and he stomped me in his stomach, and it just shot out into my gear. Uh, again. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said... He remembers saying to him, we've got to go home. We've got to go home now. In my head, it was just a little bit of poop started training down my leg. Uh, everyone has phones, but that's no photographic evidence. Um, this is not the first time a wrestler have shit themselves. Probably more famously when <laughs> Brock Lesnar, after Big Show had eaten some bad food, uh, Brock Lesnar F5'd Big Show, who proceeded to shit himself in the middle of the ring with Brock um, <laughs> stepping on his stomach and laughing like a maniac, uh, the Big Show says. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can, is, there, is there anything worse? Is there anything worse than shit yourself in a match? You know, is that, imagine the main event of WrestleMania and you're I just... I mean, a, John just Cena like... did it, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he did. <laughs> See, we got... Monty, oh. Monty, do you know of any Japanese wrestlers that have shit themselves? Oh, <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm sure some of them bumps you wonder, right? I'm sure they have. And, I, Antonio Inoki, I mean... 1976, shit himself. <laughs> Of a hundred thousand, definitely right. Flair, like, oh no, <laughs> imagine someone do it and you try to give him a power bomb after or something. Oh, oh god. god, oh no, no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> made y'all think of it, didn't it? Mental picture. <laughs> All right, well, how can we segue from that and we'll go straight into the Hall of Fame? You know, what a great, what a great, what a great way. So the WWE Hall of Fame, 
was after SmackDown, and it was the first proper Hall of Fame ceremony since 2019. Now, I'm not sure how many of you uh, did indeed watch it, so we'll just run through the highlights and talk about a couple of um, the Hall of Famers that did go in. We start with a video showcasing the class, and we started off with the Steiners. Now, Monty, why don't you start us off here with Rick and Scott, and why are they so important, and why do they deserve Hall of Fame? Oh, man, it's just them legendary tag team. Uh, if you want to go back to just their history and how they came up, like they're, they're right in that same, you know, pantheon of great tag teams of the Road Warriors and, you know, Demolition, a lot of the, you know, early early 90s. And, you know, I, I, I want to say late 80s, but I might be wrong now. But I know definitely in the 90s they were one of the most prominent tag teams for a long time in WWE. E, WCW, New Japan, you know, they've been IWGP tag champions. Like, they're, they're legends all around the world together. And then that's before we even get to the uh, most famous version of Scott Steiner uh, with, you know, in WCW, the blonde, Big Papa Pump, you know, doing what he does best on the mic. They, you know, uh, but the importance to the business, like, you know, the Frankensteiner is just awesome. Like, the Steiners have are one of those people that, been deserving of this, and I think they even hinted at it during the speech. Like, you know, you never they never thought they would make it here, but it wasn't because of who they were as wrestlers or characters, it was because of personal things between you know Scott and the company and all of that kind of. So, yeah. you know, these are their legends, and they this is well deserved. One of those things that could have happened three, four, five years ago, and we still would be loving it. We were all pleasantly surprised and happy that this happened the way it was supposed to go because they were trying to say that only Rick was going in at first. So thank goodness it worked out the way it was supposed to go with them going in together. I, I just wish, and again, it's an excellent point, Monty. Like I said, a great tag team, and it's nice that whilst, of course, Scott with some health issues the past couple of years to be able to uh, attend. But I would have loved Scott Stein, the first line. It was, give me the fucking mic. Just like he did on his WWE debut back in Tracksuit. <laughs> that would have made it. And there was a moment where Rick did take the microphone away. And, of course, Rick's legacy lives on with Ron, who inducted him. Um, and he said he's going to do yeah. the greatest risk career. The greatest risk of his career so far and give a live mic to his uncle. Um, and I, I just, I hate, I hate when I see wrestlers, who, especially with the Steiners, who are so kind of big and tough. And, I mean, like I said, age, it makes mortal of us all, you know. Scott did tell a story about cows, uh, but did show real <laughs> That was great. It was great. <laughs> Punch and I was like, I guess Macho knew those cows. Uh, so, but Rick spoke only a few <laughs> words. Good stuff uh, overall. Um, and then up next, we had, uh, well, all hail Queen Charmel, who was our next invitation. Uh, Jaxie, do you have any happy memories of Charmel or indeed King Booker? <laughs> I mean, they were just kind of a fabulous couple for, for back in that era um, of wrestling. They were always entertaining um, and it kind of just added to the overall sort of aesthetic of, you know, uh, people kind of booing them even when they just ex- you know, excelled in their royalty. So it w- it's fun to kind of go down memory lane um, with that. So, yeah, um, I thought her speech was quite nice as well. So it, it was fun, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny with the Hall of Fame. You know, t- try and tell everybody at this ceremony that it doesn't matter to them about the Hall of Fame. It's real emotion. Mm-hmm. You deserve it, Chance, from the crowd as well. Book and Charmel are so cute. Like, if you, you know, the, the way... Mm-hmm. 
they both love each other. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a really nice speech. And she didn't hang around too long. She wrapped up in a nice little bow and left everybody mm-hmm. happy. This was a kind of perfect uh, Hall of Fame speech for, and again, not main event kind of a person, but just someone who got the speech, real nice emotion, and it was lovely, you know? Yeah. Uh, up next was the Warrior Award, and this was tough. Um, um, Shad Gaspar named the recipient of the Warrior Award, um, and again, this is this this was difficult. It was a lovely video. The video package got me, man. Fucking hell, the you video know what I'm saying? Yeah, it had me in bits. Um, lovely video for Shad. Um, to talk about what hero he was as well, and um, you know what he did with his son. Uh, bit of light relief. Uh, Dana Warrior coming out should have ran to the ring and ropes my Ultimate Warrior. There is no doubt in my mind she did try, but Dana should have just sprinted all the way. Um, JTG and Shad's son broke my heart together as well. Um, it, it was, yeah. it was, you know, even the speech where you know we found out he stopped an armed robber. Uh, he loved dogs and everything like that. He yeah. was a true warrior. Uh, Gina was shad as well. I mean, what a man this guy was. Yeah, truly. I mean, when when he came in with the sort of crime time, I wasn't as hooked as soon as I first saw him. And then, again, you just sort of feel over time. You can definitely see, regardless of, of his work ethic, you could see he was a good person deep down. So seeing this video package had me just welling up. Um, and it was even it was it was was so lovely to hear the stories of his life but it was also so heartbreaking so you wanted to be happy but you were also sad at the same time Um, and his son is so cute yeah well his wife's not bad either to be fair I mean Shad did well in life he should look like Dana Brooke well you know look I'm not saying white people are the same right I'm not I'm not going to (laughs) say that Oh, okay. Thank you. She does look similar. I'm glad you didn't have to say it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't don't I make me say it. I'm already a heel, yeah. James. You are, Monty, you're the best. <laughs> don't similar. say That's anything. They hate you. They hate Monty. They really do. We're not allowed to talk about the C word <laughs> either. That's that's how bad it was. But <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> honestly, honestly, the whole shit that we had. Uh, but we'll continue <laughs> with the Hall of Fame. Because up next, it's Vader. And we have spoken about this one. And again, I was on New Japan Pro Wrestling World watching the New Japan Cup. And all of a sudden, it showed <laughs> us a, a classic clip of Big Van Vader versus Inoki. Uh, and this match was famous for many, many uh, reasons. Uh, and it was basically from people getting banned from the venue for this moment. Uh, it's an incredible story. 1987. And this super <laughs> wrestling villain wreaked havoc and dethroned uh, Antonio Inoki uh, right in front of the home crowd. Now, usually with Japanese wrestlers or Japanese fans even, they will sit there and kind of um, just clap politely. But this time, uh, mm-hmm. they basically lost their shit. Inoki hasn't been lo- uh, lost in such a long time. Uh, and basically, they started throwing chairs and started fighting. And basically, rioted. They rioted because Vader had beaten Antonio Inoki. <laughs> and when you think about what kind of big deal 
that was. It is unbelievable. And Vader, of course, we know about his success in WCW uh, and a little bit of success in WWE. But when you think, you know, he beat one of the biggest stars in Japan and was a true monster, there's no doubt about that. Um, as for himself, yeah. I mean, his wife made the most of the night out and fair play, you know, for this moment for a long time. Uh, and the son seemed okay as well. Is quite a short, sweet speech. The only shame is, is that Vader, who had been suffering from health issues, had asked WWE if he yeah. had a chance to uh, be inducted whilst he was alive. I mean, yeah. you have to actually question why um, uh, it took so long to have yeah. uh, Vader inducted, for sure. Um, it would have been nice to actually have him receive his own um, award. But, I mean, I'm guessing that there's always a point to everything when it comes to Vince. And I just, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have an unpopular opinion and just say, go ahead and say that. Uh, it was more than likely because he has passed that he was then considered. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is as well, is that obviously we've had COVID the past couple of years. Uh, but maybe a couple of years mm-hmm. before that as well. But it is a bit of a shame. And then the main event, of course, The Undertaker with an epic video. And there have been so many. It kind of seems unreal that this is the kind of, I want to say the final one. You know, when you think about the amount of promo packages and stuff that we've seen for The Undertaker, uh, we see four outfits in the ring and Vince um, coming out to give his speech. And he talks about behind the scenes about Undertaker would do anything to get the right shot, how Undertaker had integrity, loyalty and respect. Uh, thank you, take a chance. And tears in Vince's eyes and Undertaker as well. And this was a long standing ovation, I would say. Um, you deserve a chance. It might be a longer cheer than Hogan in Canada. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but that's probably the longest other cheer I can think of. Um uh, this was unbelievable as well, because he says, for the last 30 years, my identity's been the Untaker. Uh, I'm going to take you back behind the curtain and meet the black hat, Mark Calloway. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this felt a bit like a religious sermon at some points, which, again, I've got no problem with. He talked about finding this. But I don't think the Untaker would kind of be like this. Did this surprise anybody the way he actually was? I mean, Not I can really. understand what you mean um, in terms of, like, maybe the, the overall aesthetic look of him coming out with, like, the microphone already attached around him um, rather than just kind of <laughs> giving a speech at us or a podium. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was a good speech, though. All right, uh, I mean... Just I wasn't some... shocked. I'm from the south of the United, of the United States. We're very, they're very religious. Yeah, I did not know. I did not know. But I get it, though. Like, if you think about what The Undertaker is, like, yeah, it's funny, <laughs> yeah, right? But... He's Satan. He's buried people I'm alive. dead throughout monster, my child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he talked about to the Godfather about being friends for over 30 years and drinking gallons of Jack Daniels. He talks about Paul Bearer putting cucumbers in uh, people's drinks as well. Um, he, he gave a, like three kind of uh, lessons in life that we'll skip over because I can't remember them. Uh, WrestleMania 25, 
apparently they got a 15-minute match, but Taker and Shaw managed to cut the Hardys match to get the time they wanted. Because you remember that WrestleMania, that Jeff and Matt match got about 10 minutes in the end. Yeah. Um, Triple H with the confidence of the lowest. Your words reminded me who I The Punjabi prison match, that damn near killed us all. You never got him to do a take-a-rooney. And then finally he says, now that the Undertaker has entered the W Hall of Fame, you can rest assured that I will rest in peace. But then he put the hat and coat on and said, never say never as he walked away. Um, real emotion here. And Monty, what do you think of the Undertaker? We'll go round because the Undertaker was such a big impact on everybody. But what were your thoughts on this and finally going into yeah. the Hall of Fame? You mentioned it earlier about like, Triple H retiring, how it's just the end of an era, you know. And uh, just, um, I saw something that that really got to me when I was thinking about it. I think this was after the Hall of Fame. Someone tweeted out about how just think about it, like that Batista and Cena and Orton, those guys are next, and then like this, this, this like this. So like I felt older then when I was thinking about that, like how, like oh man, like. Not only are they all like Undertaker and a lot of people that we grew up enjoying already in the Hall of Fame or, you know, supposed to be there and all of that. And now it's just time flying by is what it reminds me of. But what he means to me, he's just, you know, he's one of the most important characters ever, the greatest character in WWE history ever. He's pretty much the only living gimmick that still, that even worked from that era of WWE that's still here, if you really think about it, like the way it is and the way it was. And uh, to see him go, like you said, with the longevity. It, it, it was just it's crazy i i honestly someone who already knew like i at as a viewer i don't need to see the undertaker wrestle much anymore so it didn't really it doesn't really pain me to see him going that way but it was nice to just finally see him walk into the sunset and you know get his flowers and you know kind of get a chance to be marked like callaway again you know to do that you know he's been undertaker been on you know quiet for so long and you know, just been playing a character for so long. It was great to see this whole run ever since the you know the documentary has been just great to see him you know be allowed to be whoever he is, and that that's just great because he you know for a long time we had no clue the type of person the Undertaker was. So this has just all been awesome, and I'm just I'm glad that everyone gets to celebrate. He debuted on my birthday. It was five years before I born, but he debuted on it. So I've always kind of aged up with the Undertaker. So it's kind of cool to see him, uh, you know, to you know, think about that when you think about. It. I've been basically watching him my entire life. Well, this is what I'm saying. I remember my first experience of like UWF 1992 Survivor Series, Undertaker versus Kamala, and like you said, it's weird with that amount of time as he's grown up with us, so to speak. You know, that everything the Undertaker changes and. Kind of weird way, maybe we always thought he'd be there. And again, I don't think he's ruined his legacy by coming back the past few years. Yeah, the Saudi Arabia shows, Arabia shows were rough. But again, look at the Hall of Fame speech about loyalty and respect and doing what he wanted to do for Vince. So I think it's interesting. But like you said, Muslim, it's an excellent point where we kind of seen him and he's been with us for so long. And this is kind of final goodbye. It's pretty depressing. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts? On the Undertaker, there's no doubt he's a legend, but is there any special moments that kind of connect with you? Um, I, I always enjoyed him being uh, partnered with Kane. So growing up, I think I was more, because I'm a twin and I watched wrestling with my twin, I always had a soft spot for the tag team sort of division. So when the Undertaker and Kane tagged up for the first time that I saw, for me, that was when I was really like, wow, 
about The Undertaker and Kane equally, because even though I, I had seen them sort of individual as single fighters, seeing them as a tag team, it made me and my twin want to be, you know, this big bad tag team that they came out as. So, yeah, I definitely enjoyed that sort of era that he was with him. Well, I will say as well, and Undertaker says it on his speech, do you think the storyline with Kane is the best story told in professional wrestling? Because if you look at longevity of both men's career from that moment. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I think, um, well, again, there may be people who disagree, but from what I've seen of the wrestling, especially because some of their previous stuff, when they both came into it, I obviously wasn't really watching messing up that time. I don't think I was even five years old when they both entered or something. So um, I've only seen what I have with them both but for they still had their own individual storylines and it just felt like such a long-term storytelling with their story on how they were together they weren't together whether they were feuding whilst being separated or feuding whilst even what as a tag team it was just so good and it always had you wondering what was going to happen next between the two so um yeah i i enjoyed it and i'd definitely say i was a fan of that longevity I mean, when you look at the Undertaker as well, so many like talk about the corporate ministry or American Badass or even coming back at WrestleMania 20, I was so excited that night to finally see the Undertaker return. Mm. It added another, you know, we talk about now 16 years, you know, 17 years to his career. Jackson, what about you with the Undertaker? Because I know maybe the last few years have been rough, but probably, like you said, the most loyal wrestler of all time as well. Definitely. Um, you know, there's, there's dedication that you can tell that comes from not just his in-ring in persona, but, you know, on just the, the amount of respect he has to be coming back and at giving advice to uh, new wrestlers coming into the business and mentoring um, as and where he can. Um, he's, he's just a tremendous person overall anyway. Um, and he was just uh, captivating to watch, especially... Uh, you know, in in the younger years, as uh, Purple said, uh, with you know watching them him as a tag team with Kane, which I do think is one of the best. Uh, is it is very debatable, but it is one of the best uh, told storylines between um, Kane and the Undertaker. But just you know everything that he did after. Some people did like the American Badass. Some people didn't. Um, it's okay to have opinions like that because that's the type of legacy he's left that he can that people can continue to have these debates about him, about his characters and his line of work, you know, for years to come. And, and it will forever be talked about. So, um, you know, overall, just left such a great, uh, last long-lasting mark, not just on myself, but on, on a lot of people. Um, it was just really nice to see sort of that end of an era. Yeah, without that, like I said, it is a true end of an era. And if anybody deserves a Hall of Fame induction or wing named after him, it is indeed The Undertaker. Uh, right, so we're going to run through the card of night two of WrestleMania and predictions. But just to let everybody else know, we will be bring, bringing you a full night one and night two review midweek. Now, Jackson and Jean, I don't know what day works best for you, whether it be Tuesday or Wednesday. Let me get my, let me get my little diary out. I don't really mind, um, but obviously decide that. We'll bring you the full night one and night two. And hopefully as well, whilst we've got our schedules out, 
I wouldn't mind doing an AEW show um, the following week as well, because it's been a long time since we've actually looked at AEW. It must, might have been the pay-per-view, which I can't remember or not, but I think I did win. But that's not important, you know? We're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> if it's not important, then why drop it in? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, did I, did I drop it in? No, just I, had I didn't. to slip it. Yeah, you had to slip up in there. Look, I didn't mention I won Stand and Deliver <laughs> and uh, maybe WrestleMania Night 1 either, you know? So I've not mentioned that. So I'm going to keep that as that, because, you know, no one likes someone gloating. Sure. You know, no one likes, <laughs> sure. likes that guy. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> You are already healed, James. You can't turn. (laughs) You're already healed. I've just turned, haven't I? I've realised. Silent and the results are actually in, so um, I'm going to stay quiet on this until then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, but Um, again. Yeah, I think I think it will probably work better for me for next week. Right. Well, we'll work that out. uh, that's like I said, we work it out after the show. Um, but we'll talk about predictions because, like we say, uh, predictions have added a new layer to podcast. Um, and it has been very interesting times. And tonight with night two, uh, it's it's going to be great. And of course, we've got another challenger for the predictions as well. Select match pod. Um, now, Jackson, of course, you've met select match select match pod. So you know a little bit about them. Uh, so all I'm asking is that we beat them for WrestleMania Night 2. I'm sure they'll understand as well. You know, it's friend, friendly rivalry as it was. Always friendly. Yeah, yeah, unless they beat us. But we know, it didn't happen last yeah. night. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll see if it ever comes to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, you know, I have seen fluke results before. But again, before we get on predictions, I, I don't want to be condescending. But, you know, I, I wish you guys luck tonight. You know, and I think if you really think about it, you might be able to do something. All right. Let, let's just let's get to Already. Well, let's start. James, stop winding my sister up. Stop winding my sister up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm just. It's it's more stating fact. But we will get on now. And like I said, April first. I will remember. We gonna remember this. It's fine. Everybody will remember this. And when we win one, it, we're gonna be worse than you right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have never lost a WrestleMania. I have never lost a WrestleMania. Play it back to me if you want. But that this is what happens at Mania Weekend. You know, I did tell everybody, and it's it's not it's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. So let's get all these wrong here tonight. Then, so we're going to go run through the card, and we're going to start off. Well, first off, actually, because <laughs> uh, I did ask this question, uh, we'll start with you, Jaxie. Which match are you most looking forward to here tonight? Um. I'm pro- I'm gonna have to say it's, it's Brockley Roman for me. That's fair enough, Gina. What about you? Sorry to be boring. I'm gonna be the same, Brockley Roman. And Monty. It's hard to not go with the main event, obviously, but I'm going with AJ Styles and Edge. I'm I'm looking up, but I'm trying to tamper my expectations because you know. Dream matches don't always go as planned, so we'll see. 
Well, I think AJ and Edge is a match that I'm looking forward to the most because it is the first time ever meeting. And I think these two guys can really pull out something special out of the bag. So what we did last night, we'll do again tonight, is we'll have a look at how this match came about. Uh, so AJ Styles and Edge, we start with February 21st Raw. And Edge came out to lay down a challenge um, and he said he had some of his biggest matches career at WrestleMania, and his next challenger needs to be just as good. It caused speculation. It could be AJ, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, even Cody Rhodes. Uh, I don't mind. Edge will deliver an awesome intensity. And in February 28th, for a main event segment, when asked who would accept the challenge, AJ Styles made his way to the ring and said, I accept. Uh, surprisingly, Edge faked a handshake and threw the first punch. Uh, we saw a little bit of a brawl before Edge kicked him below the belt to take him down. And then he grabbed two chairs from ringside and he set up the concerto, which he hit twice. I mean, Hill Edge. Wow. I mean, expression of Edge is fantastic. Um, Gina, what about you? A Hill Edge. Were you expecting this? Um. No, I wasn't expecting it, but as soon as it happened, for me, it made sense that he he's done a hill turn, and I'm I'm all here for it. I'm all supportive of it. I kind of like a hill edge, so yes. um, yeah, I'm really excited for the match. Yeah, it's really weird, and we see a segment the following Raw, March seventh, saying why he attacked AJ Styles, and of course. Different look, uh, different music in a suit as well with that kind of Undertaker light as it was, uh, as we saw. And, you know, this, again, was impressive by Edge, but he's changing up and he's a great heel character. Um, but it, it's working really, really well. Uh, so we'll go uh, I think to start us off, Monty, why don't you kick us off for the night? Uh, who are you going to go for in AJ Styles versus Edge? And what have you thought about this uh, really, build-up? Yeah, well, the build-up so far, like I said, you know, I think they've done a good job of keeping it. It hasn't been uh, over-complicated. It's been pretty simple, honestly, in, in its ex- execution. And I love the new version of Edge, uh, you know, the new take on his heel character. Like I said, it's nothing like a heel Edge. I think this also shows just how great Edge really is. Like, we've all, if you know anything about, if you follow Edge's career closely, He's always been good at both sides. He's great at getting over as a babyface. He's great at being the person that you hate. So he is, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, the new take on the character and what is what his wrestling will look like now in a different role. Uh, but you know, he's doing it against AJ Styles, one of the mo- one of the best in the world. Everyone picks AJ Styles, and I think this is going to be a return to form for that WWE Championship version of AJ Styles that we know. And I think the way you do that, the way you reestablish AJ Styles as the single threat that he is, I think you give him this victory here over Edge uh, at WrestleMania, and then Edge maybe attacks him, and they can continue this on. Because honestly, I don't. I think they only just getting started with how good this feud can be. So I'm going Styles. So AJ Styles to start us off. Jaxie, agree? Disagree? Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and disagree. I feel like we've just gotten a big um, sort of heel turn come from Edge, and I think that this heel turn could potentially, you know, be something that was standing um, after WrestleMania. So um, I don't believe that, uh, like, the first match of heel Edge is going to end in a loss for him. Um, I think this could end up having him kind of 
even eventually turn into a, a, a feud and a storyline with the likes of Tim Balor or Damian Priest like you brought up on as potential opponents as well. So I, I'm going to go with the edge on this one. And Gina, what about you? Well, this is really difficult because Monty made some good points there and I was inclined to say AJ. But I also agree with Jack when she's saying about, you know, Edge and his heel turn and that his first win. I think it might kind of stretch this feud to SummerSlam maybe where AJ will get a win over him, but Edge will win in a heelish type way at WrestleMania. So I'm going to go with Edge. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, again, Monty, excellent points for the AJ Styles, but I'd already gone earlier for Edge. I think he's going to get the victory. And again, we talk about the finish. I mean, a phenomenal forearm uh, hitting that and then getting hit by the spear would look great at WrestleMania. And I think that's maybe the finish we're going to get tonight, unless Edge maybe submission and AJ passes out. They do love doing that with faces. Uh, Select match pod went Edge as well. So, Monty, you're the only one. That goes uh, AJ Styles. Are you worried about it? I did that with the Mysterio, so I probably should be, right? But, you know, it does, <laughs> hey, you live with it. You live with it. I'm going with my first mind. It doesn't really matter to me at this point. <laughs> Up next, we have got Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, or the Ori, as I call him. Uh, March full SmackDown footage from Vincent Mann's appearance on the Pat McAfee show, telling Pat that he's got the match, and Pat got slapped. Uh, with backstage meeting with Mr. McMahon, Pat made his way to the ring, calling Team Pro Wrestling, uh, and Austin Theory interrupted, asking for apology, and McAfee did apologize for Theory being a punk bitch, among other things. One of these things I noticed, how long have announce tables have phone charges? I mean, how cool is that? You know, back in the day, you probably couldn't get a bottle of water, and now you've got a phone charger in your announce table. That is smart. Um, probably not about that, though. Uh, <laughs> that <April>, smart. <laughs> yeah, do you know, it's like, that's cool. Uh, April 1st, Theory attacked Pat during Naka's entrance, and then hides behind Vince in a great shitball um, heel way. So, prediction-wise, Gina, you are up. Who is going to win the match between Pat McAfee and Austin Theory? Uh, I'm going to go with Pat. I think Pat needs to get a win over him. He's just been getting wound up by Austin, like an annoying little brother or something. I think he just needs to, you know, sit him down. And I think Pat's going to get the win. Yeah, I, I mean, that is... <laughs> it's a celebrity WrestleMania. We talked about it yesterday, Monty, didn't we? But, uh, Jaxie, who do you think in this match? I mean, I, I'm going to go with Austin Theory because... Like as much as I like Pat McAfee and, and things, um, Austin Theory is the one that's trying to, you know, uh, be a long-standing wrestler. Uh, I see obviously Pat probably still being a full-time uh, commentator uh, after this match. Um, I don't know how much that will actually help Austin Theory's career run in WWE if he lost here. So I'm going to go with Austin. Monty, what about you? I'm so glad you guys split because I've been split for so long. Like, I, I'm really I'm running the risk of saying one thing on my podcast and switching right now because I really, I have like, I, I'm really so perplexed 
because part of me agrees like with both of you when it comes to like, all right, I don't think I don't know if Theory should lose here because, you know, the you know, I just think losing to Pat McAfee, you know, first WrestleMania, I'm like part of me is like maybe it won't matter because I do respect what Pat can do in the ring because I've seen what he can do in the ring. But at the same time, you know, it's a commentator. So I'm like, why, why would you do that? your young character like that who you're still trying to build up even though I wouldn't be surprised it is Wrestlemania celebrity effect with McAfee I guess even though you know it's not he's not the, like a low he's not Logan Paul celebrity he is a full-time commentator we do have familiarity with him so this does may have you know this could have some lasting effects so with that thought process I just gonna stick with my first good I'm agreeing with Jackson going with Austin Theory and uh, I'm just going to think that they're going to stick with the heel here. You know, I don't know, some shenanigans. Pat shows up. He's going to have a great showing, obviously, I think. And uh, I think that uh, Theory's going to find a way to still win it. Kind of like, like you know, the Mysterios had a great, you know, showing in the match at times. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they still lose that match. So I think that's probably what we'll see here. But I would not be surprised if we go the other way. This is the thing. I mean, Pat McAfee's had one match, and that was against Adam Cole, and we were split at the time which way it possibly go. Pat's not going to lose two, yeah. especially at Mania. So I'm going to go Pat and McAfee fair. there. But Slap Match Pod did go Austin Theory. So there we go. Three to two. And that's something maybe I didn't think was going to happen when it came there. Um, up next, we've got the Women's Tag Team Championship Carmelo and Queen Zelina versus Morgan Ripley. Naomi Banks and Natalia Aim Basler. Uh, Smackdown February 25th going all the way back. Banks beat Shotzi. Naomi walked in the ring to announce she and Banks going for the Women's Tag Team Championships. What's the connection? Well, it's Team Bad. Long-term booking from WWE, I think you'll find. Uh, at least a couple of years old. Smackdown March 18th. Banks and Naomi versus Morgan and Ripley in a really good match and Italian and Baszler are attacking the combatants um, I didn't know I needed this tag and then March 25th Smackdown Fatal 4 way match we saw Banks Ripley, Baszler and Zelina square off the course of Boss scoring a win giving both her and Omi momentum March 28th Raw backstage segment with Mella and Zelina having a photo shoot, this is actually really well done uh, with Natalia and Baszler showing up as well uh, and then SmackDown April 1st, Banks and Omi beat Vega and Carmella. So prediction time for this. Jaxie, you're up first. Which way do you see this going? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Naomi and Sasha on this. Uh, it, it's really tough because, you know, I, I, I want to um, celebrate women's wrestling and women's tag wrestling, but... I feel like the build-up and everything to this has just kind of been for just as far as like the women's tag division has actually been. So it does feel like a lot of these teams are actually just kind of pulled together, like Cena and Nappy. Really, like I'm still baffled by that one, if I'm truly honest. So for me, um, I'm going with Sasha and Naomi on this because they seem like the probably the most sort of legitimate tag team, considering what you even touched upon in their past being part of Team Bad. Yeah, I think that's excellent. Uh, Gina, what about you? Um, I'm going to go with the same team bad. Uh, it makes kind of sense just because they do feel like the more solid team out of all four teams who are taking place. Um, 
I was I was tempted to go with Rhea and Morgan, but I just feel like they need to solidify their tag team a little bit longer to be on that on not on the champions flex. You know, I'm I'm not sure they're at that level yet as a tag team to to receive it. So yeah, I'm gonna go team back. Monty. Same here, team bad best. I think, like you said, the best team basically allowed. I mean, in this match, and the only team I even considered, honestly, besides them, uh, was uh, Liv and Rhea. You know, because I, you know, I can see that working out. But you know, Sasha and Naomi. I think Sasha has Sasha's literally have never won has never won a match in WrestleMania. You can fix that. And then with Naomi here, you can give her the first title reign she's had in a long time. And, uh, you know, you can have two very popular tag team champions who probably can help, you know, help start, kickstart a real division here. Because if we're being honest, right now the women's champions have really only been used to help promote Carmella's uh, reality show as of late. So, uh, you know, I, and then also besides that, Carmella is getting mad at the Corey, like I think right after this. So another reason why we know the champs won't win. So I'm just I'm going Naomi and uh, Sasha at least based on that information. Well, the only thing that worries me is on SmackDown they were the last team standing, which usually means a hundred percent. I agree. Uh, <laughs> and Carl, uh, Liv Morgan and Ray Ripley have really clicked as a tag team, and I honestly it, they're really good stuff at the moment. Slept match plus gone Raya and Liv, uh, and I was, I'm thinking about this when I'm thinking Banks and Naomi. Is it too obvious? Is it too obvious? But I can't go against it because I'll be I'll be kicking myself. And like I said, Monty Banks has <laughs> never won at Mania as well, so I'm gonna go Banks and Naomi. But then again, uh, this one could be surprised. I mean, even yeah, basically, if walk away with the titles, you wouldn't bet against it because, like I said, there usually is a, a sharp finish. Always yeah. a twist in the tail. Um, up next, we have got Omos versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, Omos has been making mincemeat of Apollo and Aziz recently. On the go-home show, he beat the Viking Raiders. I mean, poor fuckers. You know, should have been local talent, but it wasn't until Bobby Lashley <laughs> yeah. came out to confront Omos. Uh, and we see the two men running into each other and Omos being knocked off his feet for the first time ever. Uh, and Omos and Lashley, then the two big behemoths at WrestleMania. Uh, Monty, who are you going to go for in this one? How you, how you love that deal? <laughs> I know Bobby was injured, but I'm just saying, just just, I, just throw these two big guys in there, two tough guys, and let them go. Uh, I, I'm going Bobby Lashley. only reason why is because they made such a big deal about Omos. Uh, being knocked down for the first time. I just don't understand. Like, there's no point, in my opinion, of letting Omar be undefeated for it. For like, like, you might as well go ahead in undefeated streaks now. Let's get that done before we even run down that train and you disappoint us down the line and somebody who don't deserve it beat him. So I think Bobby's a prime example. They're turning him face. You know, uh, it seems like going forward for Bobby right now. So I don't see why not. If You know, I think Bobby Lashley can win this match. Yeah, I mean, this thing, if, if Omar manages to beat Lashley at Mania when Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre couldn't, I will be fucking furious. You know, this is true. Bobby Lashley's a dude who is a former W champion, should be treated as such. But I just, when I look at Omos, I, I can see him getting the job done and then going on a monster run 
after WrestleMania. Um, Jaxie, what about you? Which way are you going to go in this one? I mean, you, you both make some pretty good points up there. Um, I'm going to go with Bobby on this, though, because you kind of, like, like you said, you've got to look at it. Like, if you, if this is him coming back, like, making a comeback, it's, you're really going to kind of bury uh, Bobby Lashley before he can actually do that um, by having him lose here. Um, I, too, also think that they made a pretty big deal about almost getting put down. So there's a level of excitement there to think that this could be, like, you know, a, a, a moment where Bobby Lashley actually can solidify or re-solidify, um, you know, his beast-like status, uh, being able to take down, uh, you know, someone that is considered a beast. So um, it, it's, I'm anticipated to see this match. I am. Um, but I see it kind of going, uh, you know, Bobby's way. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair enough. And Gina? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bobby as well. I kind of agree with a lot of your points. And I think that this match is going to really help, you know, um, elevate Omos. And just seeing, like, the two powerhouses go against each other, it will show how much he's improved. Um, but I definitely think Bobby's going to get the win. He's, he's, like you said, a former champion. And he should, he really should get this win. If Drew can beat him at WrestleMania, almost shouldn't either. Yeah, uh, I think that's like you said. That, that's the thing that will piss me off more than anything else. And the thing is, you love almost beating Bobby and then just losing to some random on Raw or something like this as well. Uh, so yeah, and Slept Match Pod. So everybody there went for Bobby Lashley. So expect Omos to win uh, the Raw Tag Titles next. <laughs> Okay, Bro versus Alpha Academy versus um well no, well we're gonna talk about the title of line RK Bro versus Alpha Academy versus Street Profits. We go to Raw March seventh and it was tag gold on the line and the match that had been hyped and more build up for than most pay per views with Academy Academy, Arca Bro, Rollins and Owens. Um this was a fantastic match. It was fun from start to finish. And Riddle and Orton actually winning the titles was generally surprising. Uh, and the moonsault from Gable into an RKO was beautiful. Probably one of the best RKOs of all time. But it was a shame for Gable to miss WrestleMania. This was a great tag wrestling. Monty, this match, I mean, WWE can do tag wrestling when they care. Yes, when they put a focus on it, I agree. And the funny thing is, usually when you're on Raw and you know, you're just watching. Like, that's how it was. I'm, I'm, you know, I peek at Raw, not live all the time, but it was so cool watching that and actually seeing something that was compelling and not just them, you know, doing a lot of the stuff, the, the, the bad things that they tend to do with Raw. They can be so long at times. So to get a match of that caliber on a Monday night, that was just, that was a fun, fun night for me, man. I enjoyed that match so much. The crowd was into it. Everyone was into it. Social media was was going crazy at the time. It, like you said, when they put a focus on it, they definitely can really do tag team wrestling. Yeah, I think without shadow of a doubt. So, Gina, you're up first. Who do you think is going to win this match between Alpha Academy, RK Pro, and, of course, Street Profits? This one's difficult for me because <laughs> they're all three teams are so good. Um... I really don't know who to choose if I'm truly honest. I might go with um I might go with the Street Profits, so Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go Street Profits. <laughs> yeah. 
It is up to you. There's no... <laughs> yeah, I'm just torn, so I've just decided I'm going to go with them. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't really know who I was going to go with, so I just made it, made my decision just now. Well, there we go. Jaxie, what about you? I'm going to go with Alpha Academy, I think. Um, they've just kind of been on like this real hot streak. Um, I just think that uh, there, there's definitely going to be a title change uh, here when it comes to these tag titles and I think that Alpha Academy have more a bit more of a dirty tactics you know to play with um, in a triple threat tag team match so yeah well we've got Alpha Academy we've got Street Profits Slept Match Pod <laughs> have gone arcade so we have got out of the three we've got three picks uh, Monty you're going to split the difference who are you going to go for Going for RK, bro. I'm rolling down. Uh, I think they're going to retain here. No signs of Orton turning on uh, Riddle at this point. At this point, I think that'll be uh, the end of them whenever that happens, if it happens that way. But they seem to be having a lot of fun every time Monday Night Raw. Whether you was, whether I wasn't really into it at first, but at, like the way as t- after t- as time went on and just see the chemistry with Randy and Riddle, uh, you know, there seems to be. Way better than I ever thought it would be in his original inception. But, you know, Randy's having the time of his life. Riddle's having fun. I think you give the baby faces a big win here. The only way, only thing I was considering was the Street Profits. They've been showing a little edge, and I'm saying maybe they turn heel here and get the win. And, and you know, that one, that, if they turn heel, it wouldn't disappoint me. But if you just be, if they're just the same old Street Profits, I don't think this is the time you take the belt off of RK, bro, just for another babyface team to have it. So I think Street Profits, if they're going to win, they should turn heel. But I'm going RK, bro. Uh, that was who I originally thought was going to win. Yeah, I mean, I can see Street Profits turning maybe even after this match. But I feel a victory for right. them is going to come right. further down the road. I think what we're forgetting here is WrestleMania moments. You know, we love WrestleMania moments. And what's what do we love as well is great RKOs. And we saw Gable yes. with the moonsault. But, Jaxie, you can attest to this. How many times have I said, look how high Montez Ford can fly? And if he goes for that big splash and Randy Orton hits him with an RKO, what a fucking moment and finish that that would be. That would actually be insane. Yeah. So that is The arena is going to go crazy. I'm predicting that. Montez Ford gets caught with the RKO, RK bro retain. Up next. Everybody's shocked. Everybody's like, yeah, that's good shit. Knoxville <laughs> <laughs> versus Sane, a match that no one uh, knew that we wanted. Uh, Smackdown February 25th, Zane was crowing about his icy title win when Johnny Knoxville arrived. Um, and of course, <laughs> I cannot believe uh, that he asked <laughs> for a match at WrestleMania. And he actually did cost... Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental title uh, against Ricochet. The only positive from this is Ricochet is champion. And then March full SmackDown, a SmackDown they felt they cared about. The IC title on the line, the Sami Zayn defending against Ricochet with Johnny Knoxville again providing a distraction. Uh, this is just been stupid. This is WWE, either at its best or worst. But one thing I will say is usually with celebrity, they will get booed at the building. But Johnny Knoxville has been probably one of the loudest of the night, uh, which, again, I'm pretty surprised about. Uh, so we will go to Jack. What are your thoughts on Knoxville versus Zane, and who are you going to go for? 
Um, so because of the fact that it's is it is, is it falls count any, anywhere? Uh, it is. Was it no holds barred? Yeah, they say uh, anything it, goes. Anything goes. Oh, anything yeah. goes right? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> no DQ. I think I think that this is gonna end in a Johnny win, and this is gonna be come from like the help of either his fellow jackass uh, colleagues or even Ricochet yeah, himself. Yeah, like I just think that like there's just gonna be this is gonna be like one of those matches that's like got a lot of tomfoolery about it and just like all of the ridiculousness will be in this match. Um and it will just be as, you know, extreme as possible. I mean it's jackass, you know. So uh, I'm gonna go with Johnny on this and uh with the aid of kind of like others. <laughs> yeah, I mean we man get shot out of a cannon or something like that. You know, we, we <laughs> need we need moments. Uh, we go to Gina next. Are you going to go Johnny as well? Yeah, I'm just going to say same as what my sister said. Nice and simple. Monty? Yeah, I agree. Knoxville, uh, anything goes is really what got me. It's like, oh, okay, anything goes, yeah. He's definitely yeah. going to be – he's probably going to take a, a shit ton of damage because, you know, he, he jumps off stuff for a living, basically, and stuff like that. So – you know, he. I'm pretty sure he's going to take a lot of damage, but I think he'll still win. Yeah, I think this is what we're going to see. Johnny coming out on top. But I think this is going to be sleeper hit. I think it's going to be more entertaining than we can imagine. And like I said, either both men falling off a high structure or something like this, uh, it is going to be more fun than possible. And, of course, another match add to the card as well, because it missed uh, last night, is New Day versus, uh, of course, Ridge and Sheamus, uh, where we all went hills in that match. Apart from you, Jackson, went New Day. So that will be added for today's show as well. And then, finally, it is the main event. The biggest match in WrestleMania history, if you to believe it. WWE Championship, Universal Championship, Unification. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Uh SmackDown, February 25th, main event segment. Heyman hyped up why everyone needs to understand that Roman Reigns versus Lesnar was the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Lesnar talking to disrespected Reigns repeatedly before signing the contract. The head of the table got visibly annoyed, finally grabbing a microphone. Reigns revealed he had bought the security in the ring as he tried to attack Lesnar. He took all of them out. I mean, this was okay, but how are they going to fill the next four weeks? Well, this is how. <laughs> the Usos attacked Nakamura and Boogs, cutting off their entrance. Before Roman Reigns entered the arena, Usos were like stormtroopers here, ready for Vader. Uh, and, and again, it's a more uh, acknowledge me speech with a me, me, me losing his call cool a little bit. And then, I mean, is anybody sick of the MSG clips yet? I mean, the Master Square, I know we didn't see it on the network, but by God, I've seen that clip about 40 times now. It is unbelievable. Um, and we yeah. talked about. Bobby Lashley being a mystery opponent at MSG. It wasn't. It was Austin Theory with Brock uh, being left a bloody mess by Roman Reigns as well. Uh, we did get a fun segment with Brock Lesnar saying, you done changed the rules, boy, um, as Heyman arrived telling the Tribal Chief wasn't there. So Chase ensued as well. Uh, and then we get what maybe people didn't like, maybe they did, uh, with... Roman Reigns run away from Brock Lesnar and then Lesnar committing <laughs> vehicular assault with a forklift backstage, uh, marching with a truck door, 
and issue on coming for blood. See you soon. I didn't like how they edited it. Jaxie, what did you think of Brock Lesnar uh, with a fault truck? I mean, it kind of reminded me of, um, you know, sort of like old school, like Fuse with Stone Cold and everything like that. Uh, and even Triple H, you know, sort of in the car. Um, it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, I, I never obviously um, kind of expected them to ultimately get hurt from it but I do think that it suits Brock's character at the moment because he's just kind of like a clown and just very uh sporadic so he's just doing everything spontaneously um it would be nice to see this kind of um overall thing like kind of maybe come to an end between these two um in this match yeah even that will stretch out another four years you know like we, we never know What's going to happen? It's all about stretching out. We stretched out an entire episode of SmackDown uh, with a conversation between Brock and Roman, uh, which it never came. Uh, we we see uh, Reigns being annoyed with the security guards getting between them and Brock Lesnar, with Brock Lesnar kicking security guards in the face, and the go home roar. <laughs> We see Lesnar coming out in his cowboy hat, of course, and a smile on his face. He joked a bit before he got serious and claimed he believed Dallas with both titles. And he actually turned to what chance as well, credit to him. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we talk about what else happened with Reigns. Paul Heyman Uso's made a way to respond to Lesnar. Uh, he did not seem to be in a good mood, but he mentioned WrestleMania 34 and getting smashed by Brock Lesnar as well, which is a great callback because that was our mystery WrestleMania. Um, so, all right, it's going to be me for the predictions, but I'll ask uh, Gina, what have you thought of the build-up between Brock and Reigns? Because this is going back now since SummerSlam. And when you think about the women's title match yesterday and the WWE title match tonight have both been going on since SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, this match is definitely, like I said, this is the match I'm looking forward to most of the night. The long-term storytelling has just made it the most anticipated to think, okay, what are we going to get from this match? Because it seems like every time we do see them interact with each other, it just gets better and better and better. And Yeah, the build-up's definitely been worth it. So I'm, I'm excited to see the match. I agree that I think their feud should possibly end or be paused here because... I have a feeling it's going to go sort of towards the Roman v Drew route soon. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm intrigued to see how it goes, especially with the little snitch bitch in the corner and seeing what he, <laughs> he gets up to, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what, like his, where his loyalties lie. <laughs> we do well, not say his name. <laughs> well, about that, and it's interesting because uh, last year's WrestleMania probably one of the most shocking events when Reigns smashed and stacked Brian and Edge, which I thought maybe Edge would come on top. There is no way this year I'm going against Roman Reigns. I think he will be the man who is running both Raw and SmackDown uh, up until at least SummerSlam. So my pick's going to be Roman Reigns. What's interesting is that I was maybe saying that was pretty obvious. But again, Select Match Pod have gone Brock Lesnar in this one. Which again, it's it is probably the best we've seen Brock, and maybe people want it to continue, but I just, I just, I don't know if I can see yeah. it or not. Uh, Monty, what about you? Well, I mean, this Brock Lesnar is fantastic, there's no doubt, but do you think he can win? You can make an argument. It's all, it's Brock Lesnar, man. <laughs> he definitely, they, you know, they, they can find a way to explain it. I just don't think 
uh, it's the right move. You know, this historic run that Roman's is, Roman is on, and uh, you have it cut short here, even though it's already, you know, it's in, it's in it's history already. But if you if you have it cut short here instead of making Roman your next unified champion, you know, uh, I just don't understand because I think Roman can be a nice symbol that we're move we're finally moving forward from this past era. Like I, I titled my podcast recently about when I was breaking down this match. They don't ever have to fight again. Like they've been doing this a long time. If they execute this properly, they will never have to even fight again. They may revisit it down the line, but they don't have to because, you know, the story is there. I think they just need to wrap it up perfectly with a bow, let Roman get his victory back. 34 right now is the most recent WrestleMania memory when these two fought, and I think they need to erase that as soon as possible. So they come out here tonight. I think you give Roman this match, make him uh, the new unified world champion, can, you know, similar in the way that they kind of did when Brock Lesnar, when they first unified the World Heavyweight and WWE Championship, like 2015, like they kind of gave it to Brock then. He's already kind of did this unified title thing, even though I don't necessarily remember if he was first or not. Uh, so I just think Undisputed, as a matter of fact, he's done it twice because it was the Undisputed Championship way back. So anyway, besides <laughs> that, they, the point is they gave, they gave Brock a lot. It's time to give Roman this one. <laughs> Well, the thing is, as well, is is that that's the interesting question because we talk about WrestleMania 34, but WWE have already done it and rewritten history because don't forget how bad WrestleMania 20 was between Goldberg and Lesnar right. rewrote it at 33. So, I mean, I'm not saying the match is going to be as bad as this. It'll be interesting to see if Reigns is on the ascendancy throughout the match and talking smack to Brock and beating him down as opposed to Brock with Suplex City. Uh, because I think with Brock's matches, sometimes yes. it can be a bit... Um, yeah, exactly. But then again, do I really want the Usos, um, you know, getting smashed and, and stuff like this? But yes, but as we spoke about on NXT, Monty, someone like Solo Sokoa showing up and costing Brock, yes. you know... Oh, that would be perfect. You know what I'm saying? And joining the group, the bloodline, and then adds a bit of in- uh, incentive. And this is what I'm saying. The interesting thing is about, even if Roman Reigns does win, like we talk about uh, what happens afterwards, is it Drew McIntyre, will he continue to hold the title till WrestleMania next year if he does face The Rock? It'll be interesting times. Um, so, well, Jack, see, who are you going to go for in this one? Yeah, it's, um, all of this has been interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I am going with Roman on this one. I do see some potential um, uh, title... Uh, matches with him in uh going forward so i'm gonna go with roman on this yeah i think without that i think we're all reigns apart from the whole slept match products moment gina yeah i'm reigns as well yeah i I mean again do you think gina tonight has been a little bit easier to predict than yesterday i mean apart from maybe the first two matches everything else has kind of been pretty split between, oh, for sure. Um, last, yeah, last night it was so difficult, and I, I definitely think I had more of an idea for tonight apart from the tag match. Um, but still, I still think it's quite exciting. To be honest, I kind of forgot about some of the second matches that were due to come up tonight. So I knew you would have reminded me of them. But it's still like now that we've discussed them, I'm actually like, okay, yeah, this one's stacked as well. I'm looking forward to this one because night one was actually really good. 
Well, we're going to talk about in a minute if if night two can be better than night one, but we'll just wrap up what happened uh, on Raw and SmackDown because Ricochet lost to Austin Theory, which made me fucking sick. No and sense. It made I no thought... sense. Why? Why? They couldn't put anyone else in their spot. Yes. <laughs> A jobber. Anyone? Like, yeah. come on. Why? Why your champion? Uh, SmackDown's <laughs> champion. Like, what? Why? <sighs> and then we had Usos versus RK Pro ending in a DQ, and like I said, Profit shown a little bit of a more aggressive side. And then SmackDown April 1st, and this wasn't an April Fool's joke. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal featuring the Viking <laughs> Raiders, Shanky, Jinder Mahal, Robert Roode, Reggie, R Truth, Damian Priest, Tazara, Drew Gulak, Mansoor, Makeup Moss, US Champion Finn Balor, Shelton Bedford, Cedric Alexander, Commander Z's. Apollo Crews, Tomasa Champatiba, and NXT champion uh, Dolph Ziggler, we should say. What is the point of having two fucking champions in the match? Uh, and if that wasn't bad yeah. enough, Balor stunned Priest with a kick and sent to the floor. Moments later, Moss <laughs> eliminated Ziggler, and Root sent a charge of Balor to the floor to score the biggest win of his career. Yes, Madcap Moss is the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I just shook my head. I've really got no. Uh, I just, I, I just think it's. St- I, I feel like this um, whole match itself is just a bit pointless. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I really don't have an opinion on it. I didn't care for it. <laughs> just let the hate out. I mean, Mad Cat Moss. This was a, a an event, and it's a funny thing about the trophy is that you can't look at the names on it because you have to blur them out. It'd be a bit like, and I think Monty will get this: the Heritage Cup trophy that Dara has where he puts yeah. some crosses on the names because you've got Mojo Matt Hardy you know you've got Cesaro, <laughs> more, Cesaro people been, more people have been released to the show Strowman <laughs> every one of yep. them I feel like now <laughs> yeah, it's literally Corbin is the only one uh and then we've been I've been saying this for years they need a real incentive for that thing so and then the disrespect the mid card champion and the NXT champion like that, uh, yeah, well, just, just imagine, w- wow. Imagine <laughs> I'm Omos in the match, and the winner gets a W title match, and then you've got your match at WrestleMania Backlash, where it could be the Giant versus the Champion. And you can work yeah. out that way. You know, it's simple. It's the King of the Ring as well. Again, I don't want to go off on a tangent. Should be in June, and the winner should get a shot at SummerSlam. They should build it like a, a Rumble. In that time. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah. But they don't. Uh, and then the IC title, Ricochet versus Los Lotharios. Do you know what? A lot better than it had a right to be. And the crowd was actually surprised into Los Lotharios as well. Uh, we saw a draw-dropping finisher with Ricochet delivering a 6.30 to Angel for popping right back up and delivering <laughs> a recoil to Umberto for the ring. Yeah, Is nice. there anything Ricochet mm-hmm. can't do, Monty? No, he's a superhero, literally. And I think uh, everyone who, anyone who's been familiar him, of him before he even uh, came to the main roster or NXT, you you know what Ricochet can do. He's special. You know, we're talking about Osprey and, uh, you know, like the special stuff that him and Osprey used to do together. You know, it's nice. It's all, it's really nice that he's finally getting a spotlight in this division. The only thing that's so unfortunate to me about it is that their mid card is so depleted that he's. <laughs> Here having to fight a tag team, and you're right, this is way better than it had any right to be. 
But it just it just reminded me it's like this is just not this not the Intercontinental Championship. It's not the way the Intercontinental Championship is supposed to be, if you see what I'm saying. So, you know, and uh and then also you're ruining any future for a tag team because they lost to a, you know, one man here, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's well, just it's, that it's... that part I don't like. The match was great though. The the thing about mid card champion in WWE is that as soon as you get the title you start and you lose and lose and yeah. lose, rather than just build the momentum and start winning. Makes all the sense in the world. It just it does annoy me. Um, we've got a little bit of time, so we are going to do a couple of debates. Not mass debates, just a few chats between the group of us. Uh, and first off, it is basically two of the same thing. Is Do we need title unification? Do we need title unification for the tag team titles? We talked about the mid-card championship. I mean... We talk about US champion Balor or Ricochet. They deserve to be in the main card. Would that be easier if there was just one? Uh, Jaxie, what do you think about full title unification in WWE? I mean, I think when it comes to the tag team division as of late, um, it's, 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 again, just been the same groups. So it feels kind of redundant to have two different titles at one, uh, for tag teams. I think that if if the main titles are going to be unified then the tag teams should too yeah i think it makes it i mean gina what about you it just with the we talk about less or the amount of mid-card talent we haven't got anymore to just put every superstar you can on one show and make the best show every week every raw and smackdown and just have the top 10 guys on there Um, I definitely think that they they should give it a go for sure. I think it would work out well. Like you said, a lot of the middle card people have gone now, so what they could try and do with that, you know, extra space and time they've got to focus on their main roster. Why not just unify it all together and just make one badass big show? But it would work out for them probably if they go with that. But if they do it right, that's the only thing. If they if- flop on it, then that's it on them. This is the thing, isn't it? You know, and you think like now you're getting Brock and Roman every week on Raw and SmackDown anyway. So Roman coming out in a 15 minute promo, Raw and SmackDown is not going to make that much difference. Uh, you know, it's even the design. Oh, you know, don't change the design of the Intercontinental or the US. The US title's not bad, but the Intercontinental title design is shit. So to put the US and the IC together and call it the United Intercontinental title, you can sell that on WWE Shop. Uh, it's the thing is, Monty, we talk about it. This unification doesn't mean shit because at SummerSlam, they could be having a new WWE Universe World Heavyweight Champion, you know? Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. It's just, uh, it, it's one of those things, too, that uh, the brand split seems like, even the original uh, draft, if you go all the way back to like 2002. They had just had an influx of WCW talent, you know, and ECW talent. So it made sense to separate talent then, you know. Same thing with bringing the brand split back in the 2010s. It was the same way, you know. Uh, they had, you know, a lot of talent, whether it was just mass hoarding, assigning a lot of people, NXT call-up, all of that. So it just – that was one of those things that makes sense when you just have an influx of talent, but – when you're in the state that they kind of are in now, you know, I think it just makes more sense to do everything together again, like it, like you know, like it used to be. 
at least for the time being until you can expand the roster even more and actually flesh out some of these divisions. It'll make it'll make a lot of booking uh, make a little bit more sense and make stuff a little bit easier. You'll form more tag teams and more and actually have divisions. We call them divisions, but a lot of these divisions right now in WWE are not full-fledged divisions. It's like two or three people deep that you consider contenders and that you don't even really think about anyone else. So, yeah, uh, they definitely need to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like that definitely has to be looked at. And, you know, with a title unification with Brock and Roman, it'd be interesting if they do that with the tag or even with Raw SmackDown coming uh, together, you know. But it'd be interesting to see what happens. And, and one of the things I never thought I'd ask here at this point in time was can night two actually be better than night one? Because, again, we're going to do a full review soon, but I, I still cannot believe how good night one was. Uh, so we'll start with Jaxie. Can night two uh, beat out night one in entertainment? And if it can, what is the matches that are going to stick out or what's the moments are going to stand out to beat it. Um, I think, I think it's got it's definitely got a uh, good competition uh, to kind of over overcome. It, it, there's a lot that rides on the superstars themselves and how much effort they put into it. Because the one thing I will say about night one was that every wrestler brought their A game. Every wrestler, uh, you know, came to win. Um, you could see that determination. You could see the effort that was put in. Um, and so that we need to have that same level of energy coming from each of, of the matches and the wrestlers uh, in night two. Um, whether or not I can, I think it's going to be on the same caliber, I'm not sure. Because even though my most anticipated match is Roman v. Brock, a lot of the other anticipated matches I did have were at, originally on night one. Um I, I'm I'm kind of open to. Uh, I do think that there is a strong possibility that they could keep up with night one. Uh, I'm I'm still undecisive as to whether or not uh, it will overcome. It, whether or not it will beat night one. Like I said, I cannot believe we're even asking the question because I think night one was just. I think we're gonna look back and be like, yeah, it's one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And I don't know, you know, it's only been 24 hours, but. Gina, last night, a couple of moments that we saw were truly awe-inspiring. I'm thinking, is that really, you know, can Reigns holding both titles top moment we saw last night? Well, this is what I was just thinking as Jaxie was giving her response because I totally agree in terms of Reigns' matches is the one that I'm looking forward to most. But last night, sorry, that ending with Austin was so awesome. There are so many, and like Jaxie said, all of the other wrestlers brought their A game. I am excited to watch tonight, but I don't know if I don't think it's going to top night one for me. I think night one definitely killed it. Is it bad to say, Monty, that I might go to bed a little bit earlier tonight? Because the thing is, is that if I just go, I've got a day <laughs> off work tomorrow. Now I've got a day off work tomorrow, so I can get up and watch it maybe at a more sensible hour. And Ooh. I don't think there's anything out. Maybe, if, especially if I edge in AJ's on early, then I'll probably watch that and be quite mm-hmm. happy to go to bed afterwards. Is that bad to say, or should I, you know, be staying out? Because I think, like I said, the moments last night with 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 Cody and with Stone Cold, I think tonight we're not going to get anything. There might be a few victories, but there won't be anything really that stands out. Or am I a bad wrestling fan? No, I would, first of all. 
I know what time it starts for you guys. <laughs> so, no, you're not a bad wrestling fan for going to sleep. Like, trust me, I get that. Uh, no matter what's going on. But honestly, uh, you know, I understand what, what you're saying. I was looking at it, and I'm just like, maybe if AJ and Roman hit it off the park, we got those two special. If they're special, really, really special. But then you're going to need a, either a classic RK bro tag match or, you know, the celebrities are going to have to, you know, do something. Like Knoxville, like you said, have to jump off something really high or something. Like, you have to be really, really special because, like, I think, like you said, night one is going to be one of those nights that's going to be remembered by wrestling fans who watched forever. You know, whether it's, you know, you mentioned uh, two of the moments that are the mo- that probably going to get the most attention with Cody and Austin. But, you know, you didn't even have, you didn't even say Bianca and Becky right there. And my heart was racing that entire match. So they have a lot to live up to, even with the opener and the second match not necessarily being classics. They overcame all of that with the rest of that show just hitting on all cylinders. So I don't know. I remember last year I thought night one was better than night two. So it's going to be tough. Uh, we'll see, but uh, they're going to have to do something really, really special. Uh, and looking at this card, I don't know if it's going to be possible, like you said, mm-hmm. with those moments that we'll never forget from night one. Yeah, they spoiled us. They really did spoil us last night. But like I said, we're going to have a full review of both nights. So night two might smash out the park. And I will say WWE last night was near near enough pitch perfect. Uh, but like I said, this could be the third and of course, before we go, just to let everybody know, talk about um, the NXT stand and deliver. Do not call it a takeover. That was yesterday. Of course, Jackson, Jeannie, you both joined us for predictions. So we're going to talk about the final scores. Now, Jackson, did you think you actually had a chance at all? Or was it just kind of like uh, spitting in the wind, so to speak? Oh hell no! I don't. I I really don't know. Um, I've not been keeping up with NXT uh, as it is uh, for myself. So this was definitely just kind of looking at the match card and just picking there and then. Um, you know, I've, I've just not had the chance lately to catch up with any of it. So um, it really was a pick out in the dark. Well, I I, I know I know you're going to say that, but I will say this is the overall scores. You did get two out of seven for NXT, which may be not great, but you did did beat out two NXT experts in your picks because the two you went for with Kai and Gonzalez and Ziggler retaining, we didn't. So, literally, you pulled... Oh, nice. Yeah, see? There you go. (laughs) Not a total loss in my eyes, then. No, no. This is the best one. This is the better. This mm. Monty lost his shit because of this. Uh, with yeah. Dolph Ziggler yeah. retaining against Bron Breaker, <laughs> Gina, you snatched the from the jaws of defeat for the victory. Yes, uh, you, you jumped to second spot, so you tied in the end, Gina, with Monty and Select <laughs> Match Pod on three points each. Brilliant, <laughs> wicked, yay for me. <laughs> Don't break my heart and say you were just guessing. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, yeah, I yeah. just guessed. I already know it. it. I knew it. <laughs> knew it. Yeah. I let you down, James. I told you. I let you down. <laughs> you did. Damn, you, man. you really did. I let um, you down. 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've sorted out the things from earlier. Uh, and then, obviously, yeah, uh, I say obviously, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, first place was me with four. Uh, so I do get the WWE pay-per-view point. So that does mean that I've got my first point of the year as well when it comes to WWE pay-per-views. But obviously, if anybody knows what happened last night at WrestleMania and what possibly could happen tonight, like we said, the prediction leads could be turned on the head. And that's how easy it could be but i think that's about it, yeah. is it? uh monty anything else about uh night one night two takeover smackdown or anything a hall of fame or anything else that we've covered this weekend oh man uh all the thing i have to say is uh these wrestlemania weekends at this point have become a marathon not a sprint so uh <laughs> it's been a lot of stuff to consume but it's been a great time as a wrestling fan uh, like you said, based on what happened in night one, I don't know. Like, we've been spoiled for, like, at least it feels like the last three years in pro wrestling, guys. Like, this has just been great on both sides, WWE, AEW, wherever we are, New Japan, anywhere you want to look at it, we're spoiled right now as wrestling fans. And, uh, yeah, last night just made me appreciate it even more. Without a shadow of a doubt. Jaxie, final thoughts or feelings with WrestleMania or anything else this weekend? Um, I'm just I'm I'm anticipating um, like it to be a, a good show tonight. Uh, whether or not it can kind of reach the same volume of excitement that night one did, I'm not too sure. But I will be checking it out um, tomorrow as well. I I'm, I'm, won't be trying to stay up and watching it tonight. So I hope everyone does enjoy it. Uh, who gets to watch it tonight? Yeah, I mean, when we just when people just see Monty tweeting, it means all of us have fallen asleep apart from him. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I was watching the main event. I was like, oh, we're going, we're getting silent. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you guys in a while, but I understood. I was like, yeah, been probably really late for them, especially when you're trying to go, for them, you're trying to go to bed and you just hear the zoom, 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 zoom. You go, oh, I can't. I just, I'm not looking. Yeah, I don't care who's liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, um, but Gina, what about you? Final thoughts on the entire weekend or WrestleMania tonight? Uh, yeah, it's just it's definitely surprised me again. I, I it's not that I went into this thinking, oh, it's going to be a really crappy WrestleMania, but I was quite apprehensive about it thinking it's going to either go one way or the other. So I was pleasantly surprised by night one, and I do look forward to catching night two tomorrow. Um, and I'll definitely be switching my notifications off because I don't want any spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> and so, I don't want the buzzing. So, so Monday at four <laughs> o'clock, message to the group with all the spoilers. All right, that's all, that's all I'm <laughs> saying. Don't you dare. You. <laughs> You'll be blocked. You will be blocked. <laughs> Well, you know, we usually do about three hours or three and a half hours for a live show. Uh, usually we don't start up till six o'clock in the morning the previous day. So I'm pretty happy at this point in time that that is yeah. it. Uh, don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Monty, where can people find you? At Mind Monty Pod, M-O-N-T-Y, Monty, you guys. Uh, thanks for all the love, Dublin R fans, uh, you know, and all the engagement. My podcast is only getting more popular, so I, I appreciate it. And I just want to say, check us out, Breaking Down New Japan. Talked about or did my own little preview of WrestleMania, so 
Check out my latest episode. Just told you guys about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I probably blanked that out. <laughs> I probably went back. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's nothing new. That's nothing new. No, no, no We no, talk no. for hours, bro. Like, I'm used to it. <laughs> I just say you're not mentioning me. I'm not interested. Uh, Jack C, what about you? Where can people find you and talk? Yeah, you can get you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack C Scarlet. And Gina, where can Ricky Starks find your contact details? Oh, well, he can find them on both Instagram <laughs> and Twitter at Purple Pain. Well, the double also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us your angry emails at the double podcast at gmail.com. YouTube done podcast for the latest clips. Podcast got the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone, Spotify, and iTunes. We can down subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. We talk about the next episode will be night one and night two review. Uh, and I don't know what the best day is for everybody, but I'm sure we'll sort something out. Hell yeah. Yeah, just let me know. Yeah, well, we're going to sort that as yeah. soon as we go live off air, everybody, all right? So don't you worry about that. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, the following week, AEW. But until then, I have been Jay's Rollins, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for listening, guys. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your WrestleMania weekend. And of course, we've been with Genius Gina. Thank you for having me, and yeah, enjoy enjoy night two of WrestleMania. Let's hope I get some good points this time. Mm. <laughs> and of course, the mind <laughs> of Monty. Thanks again, guys. Always fun. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye.